Episode 67, Making Fasting Fit Your Life with Dr. Jennifer Chang. Welcome to the School of Weight Loss podcast, where we empower you to reach your healthy weight goals with less wasted effort, money, and time. This is the podcast that uses evidence-based tips and tools to simplify weight loss for the ladies who've tried it all. If you struggle with obesity or being overweight, you're tired of endless dieting and never reaching your goals and just plain tired with life, this is the podcast for you. I'm your host, obesity medicine certified physician, life and weight loss certified coach, Dr. Emily Vinzant. Let's get this episode started. Hello, ladies. So last week I talked about intermittent fasting, what you need to know about it, the biggest pitfalls I see with my ladies in Dr. Emily's School of Weight Loss, how it works, why it works, the benefits that you can see. And this week I wanted to bring you an example of fasting in real life because so often my ladies present me with a few thoughts about fasting. One, it's hard. Two, it's for short-term dieting. And three, is that really something you would do long-term? And I have Dr. Jennifer Chang with me on the podcast today. So Dr. Chang is a family physician practicing full-time in Andover, Kansas. She was trained through Via Christi KU School of Medicine with me. We graduated residency together and Dr. Chang, like me, was a lifelong weight battler. I have watched her weight battle change because of fasting. And she shares on this podcast, she's been doing it for six years now. She's in maintenance and has adjusted fasting to fit each stage of her life and made it fit her life. It was absolutely part of her weight loss plan and is part of her weight maintenance plan. And she has seen nothing but health benefits from it. She has a wealth of knowledge about fasting. She's who got me started fasting to begin with. And she happens to be one of my dearest friends. So I'm thrilled to welcome Dr. Jennifer Chang to the School of Weight Loss podcast today. So I'm going to call her Jen, although because Jen and I have been friends for a long time. She goes by Dr. Chang in her clinic. We've just discussed this. I really want to honor her medical license, but (laughs) we've decided it would be a little weird for me to call her Dr. Chang. So we're going to call her Jen. She is a family physician and medical doctor and is the person behind my impetus of fasting. I don't know if I've told you this whole story, Jen, but when Jen started fasting, I was like, Mm, no, not for me. Not going to do it. She was like super on board. And I was like, I don't know about that, Jen. But I will tell you, Jen is probably the person that I know who has fasted the longest, been the most successful with it, tried multiple formats, incorporated them in, and has made it a part of not just weight loss, but her maintenance plan as well. And it has worked beautifully for her. So I wanted really for her to share with you all today her story. Also as a medical doctor, she has a lot of knowledge and insight into this. So I'm excited to have her share with you her story. I want you to just start, Jen, with giving us a little bit of background about how you started fasting and how that process has evolved for you. Well, thank you, Emily, for having me on your podcast. And, you know, I'll start off basically stating that weight has been an issue my whole life. I was a heavy child going into middle school. I remember I was just always a bigger kid and into high school, college for sure. And so when I first started my weight loss journey, I was a college freshman 
and it's that freshman 15. In my case, it was like freshman 50. It was terrible. You really were on your own, had a lot of your own control of what you're eating. And you know, the dorm food really just was not good for you. So I actually started my weight loss process doing, at that point, it was Atkins, essentially low carb. And I was actually fairly successful with it. I did pretty well with Atkins and I kind of did it back and forth throughout college. You know, I think the issue with Atkins is you kind of have to stick with that low carb, high protein diet. And I would kind of gain weight with vacations and come back. And, you know, of course there's just, you kind of go up and down with your diet. So kind of fast forward, you know, I had medical school, residency, graduations, and then I had three kids. And I think that was kind of my up and down, gain weight, lose the weight, get pregnant again, gain weight again. And so my body was kind of set at this thermostat. I've read books about where you have this thermostat, where you would do all that you can, because I always came back to low carb or keto. At that point, it kind of had evolved into keto. I would do as much. I was restricting myself to like 20 grams of carbs at that point. I was still just always at the same plateau. And really at that point, I realized, I think my body was just used to surviving on 20 grams of carbs, even though I was probably 35 pounds from where I really wanted to be. So started to join some weight loss groups and I came across, and at that point, it was a book called Obesity Code written by Dr. Jason Fung. And he brought a very interesting concept I'd never heard of at that point, And that was fasting. I read through that book and I thought, oh gosh, like this is probably what my body needs to kind of jolt it back. Cause I had done, I'm just not a calorie counter for me. Giving up meat was hard. So I couldn't do like vegetarian or plant-based. And so to really fit my life and my busy lifestyle, I thought fasting was probably going to be what I needed to do. So my life at that point, I didn't really ever eat breakfast. So really it was just lunch and dinner for me. And I was doing low carb at that time. With Obesity Code, he kind of talks about intermittent fasting and then you can do extended fasting. So since I never ate breakfast anyways, I decided that I had to really just do a 24-hour fast, which is essentially one meal a day. So I started doing that and, you know, it really was not as difficult as I thought. After, you know, a couple of weeks of doing it, my weight just started to come down. I thought, oh my gosh, like the weight that I was just really stuck at that thermostat rate just started to change. And I thought maybe this is it. So in his book, he also talks about extended fasting. So I really just wanted to test myself and see, could I do it? So I remember the first day I did a 48 hour fast and I went to sleep that night, not eating anything within that 24 hour period. And I thought, I'm going to die. <laughs> I'm going to wake up with hypoglycemia and I'm going to die. So I went to sleep. I did fine. I woke up and I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> I think that first time I did a 37 hour fast, I think I ate like lunch that day. Really, I realized like I started incorporating more of those extended fasts because I think with the 24 hour fast, I lost and then you just kind of plateau again. And so Really, I was just kind of pushing my body to kind of continue to get down to where I wanted to get down to. And over time, I started to do more 48s, 72s. I even did a couple of 120 hours. And those were really mentally challenging. But in the end, it was probably the most exhilarating experience. Just the mental focus and the control. It was pretty awesome. 
So that was just kind of how I started. And I started this in 2017 is when I started my fasting journey. Okay. So that was, that's what I was thinking. I remember like coming on board with you when you were starting to do the longer fast and thinking she has lost her mind. (laughs) (laughs) But I love what you shared because I want you guys to consider this. It literally shifted your thoughts. And a lot of people talk about the benefits with the brain fog from fasting and energy levels. Did you see that early on? Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, I think initially it's just kind of getting over that basically just, just our thoughts, like we can't not eat. It's not healthy for you. I think I had to get over that restriction. And then once you can get over that and also like not surround yourself with food and temptation, I think that was a big thing as well. Cause I think just naturally the smells, the odors, the um, people eating things, like I think that's a really hard temptation to avoid. So if you can do that and really just focus on your work, like the mind clarity and the efficiency, it's a pretty amazing experience. So it's so funny you talk about that. So The Hungry Brain is the book that you reference. I've talked about that on the podcast too, about your lipostat, your fat thermostat and the obesity code. I love both of those books, but it's funny that in that space, it literally is. I always tell my ladies, it's about learning to not fear physical hunger and to not let emotional hunger overwhelm physical hunger and fasting. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, It's that fear that we've been taught to be afraid of being hungry. Even a doctor we're like, I could die, right? Yeah, (laughs) I might die if I don't eat, even though logically we know that's not true. Right. We just think in our heads, I could be the person this happens to, right? And the emotional hunger that comes up with it. But once you get past that, you get so many of these beautiful benefits. Now, having done this fasting for six years, one of the most common questions I get from my ladies is, is this bad for your health? You've seen the health trajectory of having incorporating in some type of fasting for a long period now. Have you had any negative side effects for your health that you can say? No, not at all. I feel like, you know, I get my blood drawn routinely or not routinely, just periodically. I've noticed that there has been improvement with actually my cholesterol levels when I did low carb only versus fasting. Mm -hmm. There's actually a Mm -hmm. significant improvement with my levels. Um, And so kind of probably fast forwarding to probably what you'll ask in the future, but I'm currently just doing one meal a day. So I don't do as many of the extreme fastings as much anymore. And even then I actually had checked lab work during one of my 120 hour fasts. Like I had a, I was doing a 120 hour fast at that point. And I remember getting lab work probably day, like 72 hours in and labs looked fine. Kidney function looked fine you know, electrolytes looked fine. I mean, at that point I was just consuming water. I wasn't even doing some of the electrolytes that some of the books talk about like magnesium and potassium. I actually wasn't doing any of the supplements. So I was just doing water and all labs were fine. Yeah. I think there's something to be said about that. Cause a lot of people ask, should I fast from liquids? And this is not the type of like Ramadan type fasting where you fast from liquids, especially if you're going for prolonged fast, right? right? A lot of times, the longer you go, you may need some electrolytes supplementing. A lot of times what I find with my ladies is if they get like the muscle cramps or they get a little of the GI stuff, at least magnesium, some sodium can be helpful for in sure. the form of a broth, right? Yep. So tell us, I know you said you transitioned to the 24 hour fast. Tell us why and why you like that for your life. So in the beginning, I think when you do a prolonged fast, I mean, I think 
adjusting to the people around you. I think I have three kids. I have a husband. They all eat pretty normal. They were kind of used to my low carb lifestyle. So they always knew that I ate differently compared to them. But then when I started fasting, it was always kind of like, well, mom, what are you, what are you doing? Like, what are you eating? Why, why aren't you eating with us? So initially it was kind of a hard adjustment just because our dinner was kind of where we all sat together. Eventually I was able to kind of, my kids were kind of used to it, but I would busy myself with preparing their foods and doing all the things for them. And I would still sit down and enjoy meals with them. And you know, sometimes I would do chicken broth. And so I would drink the broth with them or drink, you know, water with them. So at that point, though, I was really driven to get to my goal weight. And so I was doing a lot of extended fasting in the first probably couple of years. And then I've been so I've been at my maintenance weight for probably about three and a half years. So about three and a half years ago, I started to get to my goal weight. And I really didn't want to lose I mean, I wanted to lose a little bit more, but I was really not restricting as much because I knew that I was very close to where I wanted to be. So I started to reduce the amount of the 48s and 72s at that point. And I just started to do more one meal a day or OMAD or 24 hour fasting. And then it just kind of made things easier for my family at that point. And again, it was just, I was at my maintenance. So I didn't have to be as extreme. I felt like to achieve my goals. I've seen that a lot. It's it's an interesting question because so many of my ladies, especially with young kids will say, I feel like if I'm not eating in front of them, I'm not setting a good example. For my ladies, I always recommend dinner to dinner because you're going to be making it for your family. You're likely going to want to be sitting down. You want to show them what that relationship with food looks like. And I think oftentimes it feels a little odd on how to address that with them. But it's interesting to me, Jen, because a lot of people in my group, when they hit maintenance, they're like, is fasting the first thing I give up? And for you, it's been the mainstay of sticking to. Correct. So after I kind of achieved um, my maintenance, what I realized during fasting was I actually became a lot more efficient during work because I would actually work through lunch. And so, you know, I'm a full-time physician, so I was seeing patients, but I always had lunch carved out. Well, I realized why am I taking lunch when I could just end my day earlier or see patients earlier, see patients throughout lunchtime. And so I actually changed my schedule a little bit so that I wasn't tempted to have this time off and have, you know, have to go back to the lunchroom or, or whatnot. I could just work through lunch. So I really became very efficient that way. And so I realized at that point that I wanted to maintain my weight. I loved fasting for the efficiency of it. And I just loved how I felt. I didn't feel bloated all the time. If you always feel like you have to eat. And that was the biggest thing with fasting is it really did allow me that freedom. I don't have to eat because it's noon. or I don't have to eat because it's 6 p.m. It really taught me to listen to my body. And if I'm not hungry, well, don't don't eat. You don't have to eat. And so I was able to kind of work through lunch and then You're right. In regards to nighttime, it is really different when you have kids and a family. And that really is like your dinner time is really just your social time with kids and your family. You know, it's time to come together as a family. So I decided at that point I would continue to I would start doing one meal a day and eat at night and then restrict when I was by myself. So I would strict at work when I had total control, and then I would eat one meal a day. Now weekends, now I eat lunch and dinner, Saturday and Sunday, and then I go back to fasting on Monday. 
So many great points there. Like the efficiency in the day, the schedule clearance of that time is amazing for your schedule. I love this. Like Jenna's not coached with me. She hasn't <laughs> needed coaching with me, but if you hear it, it's so much overlap because I tell my ladies, I'm like, it's about convenience. It's about fitting your lifestyle. It's about figuring out ways to make it work, not fearing physical hunger, changing your thoughts about hunger, being right. the example you want to be like, that's how it's worked for you. Right. I love that. And it's interesting because I've known Jen for a long time. Jen, if you guys have heard me talk about my monthly girls lunch, I call it my <laughs> therapy lunch with my doctor friends. Jen is one of the doctors and I've seen Jen's diet actually evolve. So if you listen to my podcast, you know, I like fasting for the when it's not necessarily the what, and your what has evolved even through this process. Tell everybody just a little bit about that. Yeah. So I just kind of, like I mentioned before, I did low carb for a very long time and I really do love low carb, but you know, honestly, after you do it for 15 years, you kind of start missing like the fruits and even the breads and the pastas and all that stuff. So once I kind of transitioned to this one meal a day, I think the biggest thing to realize when you're on a weight loss journey is that even when you are on maintenance, you will forever have to diet. And this is what I tell my patients as well. Just because you're dieting and you get to your goal weight, you still always have to have some level of restriction because my body is just not made naturally thin. If I ever were to lose control and eat whatever I wanted, naturally your weight's going to go back up. And so I've realized throughout all my years is that every diet, it's never going to end. And I don't even like to really use the word diet, but just, it really needs to be a lifestyle change. The other thing I've realized just over time is that your body is so smart. It starts to adapt. It starts to learn and it's going to start to realize, how am I going to cling on to this calorie or this carb, or how am I going to cling on to this fat? And so I've learned over time that I just have to be able to mold myself. So I have now adopted different types of eating styles. So I've, as you can see, I started low carb initially, then I did fasting. And so I paired those together. I really liked how low carb really eased me into fasting because the high protein really does kind of keep you full longer. So then I, again, once I kind of achieved my goal weight, I wanted to kind of test myself. What, what can I allow back into my diet? Still allow myself to maintain that weight but start to enjoy some of the other things like, you know, the breads and the pastas and the fruit. And so what I then evolved into is I started to be actually more plant-based on Monday through Friday. So Monday through Friday, I, I do allow myself the carbs, right? So, and I, I just avoid meat at that point. So I have all the vegetables or starches or fruits or carbs that I want Monday through Friday. And I actually typically, because I'm fasting too, I actually sometimes will lose weight during that Monday through Friday. Then Friday night is family time and weekend time. I actually have no restrictions. So I eat whatever I want Friday. Saturday and then Sunday, and then kind of go back. And I usually do gain, I still weigh myself daily. I'll gain usually about three to four pounds during that weekend. And then Monday through Friday, I lose the three to four pounds. So it has been for me a good maintenance to still indulge and enjoy my food, but then realize, okay, well, I can't do this forever. I need to go back to my fasting life. And so I go back on Monday and I start that fasting process again. I love that because we talk a lot about it. Like maintenance looks different 
than loss, right? You have to essentially how you decide to do that. I think of it as being mindful. Like you don't have to be on a diet forever, but you have to mindfully eat forever. Right. Yes. And what that looks like for Jen, I want you guys to just hear this. Like her whole thing has evolved from like low carb, like kind of borderline keto all (laughs) the way to plant-based she's figured out what works for her though. Right. When we figure out what works for us, it's like, literally I'm invested in my future, just being me at my goal weight and living there in a way that works for me and my family. That's the most important thing. We get so stuck in like, you know, all of these rules and those rules are kind of what ends up limiting us because of the overwhelmed of it, not fitting your life. Especially when you get to maintenance, you're like, I don't, I'm not going to do that the rest of my life. Right. For Jen to transition from something like a low carb, which is very meat heavy and dairy heavy to a plant-based, which is not meat heavy and dairy heavy and still be able to maintain her weight loss is just mindfulness. That's all it is, right? Right. It's like literally being mindful. And I agree with you. I'm the same way. Like I could regain weight like that. I mean, I've been through it all. Jen's seen me. I've seen Jen, right? (laughs) Yes. Seen each other in our weight fluctuations throughout the years. That's for sure. I want you to share real quick, because I think oftentimes when people do weekends like that in maintenance, and then they're coming back to fasting on Monday, they're like, now I have to punish myself. It doesn't seem like those are your thoughts. What are your thoughts going into Monday and fasting that make you want to do it? Well, honestly, I think once you kind of have a longer experience of fasting, I think naturally our stomach kind of shrinks in a way. So even though I eat whatever I really want on the Saturdays and Sundays, I actually don't eat very much of it still. I don't restrict the type of food, but I don't eat as much. But what I find is that on the weekends I eat, you know, socially. And like I said, I really don't restrict anything. And so my temptations obviously sometimes can overcome, but I find, and this goes along with vacation as well, because when you go on vacation, you just want to indulge in everything is that, and because it's, you know, your chance you go and you indulge and you enjoy But I found that I just didn't like how my tummy felt actually by eating so much. And so I actually, whenever I go on a long vacation or even on the weekends, I actually look forward to fasting because it's kind of my way of just saying, let my body reset. I just try to get rid of all, all the things I enjoyed over the weekend, still allowing myself to enjoy. But then by Monday, it's like, okay, like now I can reset my body. And I just, I really do feel better. Um, once I start restricting, cause then it just, I don't know how to explain it, but it just, you don't, you feel less bloated. You just feel not less tired, but it's just all the carbs and all those things can really make an impact if you do it all the time. I couldn't agree more. That is literally like what I, what I always say is my plan for Mondays, especially after vacations, I'm oh, yeah. excited to going back to my eating schedule. Yes. Yes. For and sure. I think it's so many of the same things. It's literally that my body feels better. I have more energy. I like how I feel. I like how I interact with my life. And I think also it's very empowering and feels in control again. Yes. It's like, ah, I can do this and I like it. And for those of us like Jen and I who spent a lifetime of quote unquote diets that like we did over and over and over again, to feel empowered, to just live there and in control is the ultimate goal, right? Not just to live there, but to live there in a way that works. Right. And I'll tell you, like, I mean, this is another reason I love fasting is that 
fasting is really mind control, like to be able to control yourself. Just like I said, in the beginning, I thought I was going to die that first 48 hour fast and say, I'm going to die. But you realize like you aren't, you're going to be fine. And over the years, just how long I've fasted, I've learned to really control how I think about food, how I approach food, what goes into my mouth. You're not just mindlessly eating. You just you really have a lot of control. And I love that is just having that control. And then when I when I am okay, or ready to eat my time starts, then you you do it. And so it's it's really learning that skill has been really helpful for me. And I think that's why with fasting, I don't think I'll ever give that up, because it's just been so beneficial for in regards to control and weight loss and, and maintenance and just how I feel overall. Yeah, it's been such a win-win. Did you have any like pitfalls that you experienced the lessons that you've learned through fasting for so long? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for fasting is really to just keep yourself busy. Honestly, I think that my job has really helped with fasting just because I'm just constantly working and doing things. So I, I do think like if you do start fasting, you have to busy yourself because I think if you just sit there and watch TV or if you're surround yourself with food, the temptations can be very, very difficult to overcome. So set yourself up for success. Like I don't go back into our lunchroom because I know that those temptations will make me want to eat during lunch. So if you are going to fast, like go work out or, you know, when I do get hungry, if I start to feel those hunger cues immediately, I just start chugging water. Like I just start Mm -hmm. drinking a ton of water. So you have to be very in tune with your body, but that's probably a big thing is you just, we live in such a food fueled society. So you have to be very aware of what your body, what you're feeling, and then find ways to be successful. So I, that's why I work through lunch. I don't even have a lunch break anymore is because I fill those slots with patients now. So I don't have time to think about food because I'm just in and out with patients. I mean, there are some physical things about fasting to just be aware of. Constipation is probably a, a big issue that can happen. So as long as you're aware of that, so just prepare, you know, you can have Miralax or stool softeners. Those can oftentimes be helpful. Fiber can be helpful as well. And then also if you do a prolonged fast, there is quite the diuresis that can happen after you start introducing food. So sometimes for people who do long fast, like there's a way to introduce foods so that you don't have that big gastric. Almost like a refeeding syndrome kind of. Correct. Yes. Yes. But yeah, I think just building that mental strength is is really helpful. And then setting yourself up for success Um, because it's, it is hard. It is very hard in the beginning, but then once you're in it, it, it's just kind of becomes routine. Yeah. I feel like the first few fasts are difficult. And then after that, you're like, I kind of love this. That's what most of my ladies say, like as time goes on. And I love that beauty in that of like, yes, if you can reset your schedule, think how amazing that is. If you can't like taking the time to, you know, go take a walk, go to the gym, read a book, like do something else rather than going back to the food areas that are so tempting. Your life can mold to that. And it fits so beautifully in that spaces, especially on busy days or days when you feel out of control. It's a very control inducing place fasting. Yes, absolutely. So if somebody's thinking about fasting, Jen, what would you tell them and what would be your advice to get started for success? Okay. So I feel like, and what I usually tell my patients, because my patients know we, I talk about diet every day, lots of people struggle and I get it. So 
for me, fasting has been more successful because I felt like, I think if you can change your diet just a little bit in the beginning, if you can focus on more high protein, protein tends to stay in your system a little bit longer. You stay fuller, faster. And that's kind of why keto to some extent is very successful. You have the higher fats and then the higher protein, and that basically can make you feel satiated for a longer period of time. So if you can start with that first and then just start with an intermittent fasting. So 18 hours of fasting, six hour eating window. I think that is very reasonable to start. If you're losing weight with just that, then you can stay on this for as long as you're losing weight. And then once you start to plateau, because again, our bodies are very smart. If you start to plateau, then you start to push your limits a little bit more. So then you can start doing 24 hour fast, but don't jump into a fasting situation, expecting that you're going to be successful with a 24 hour fast initially, that's not going to happen. So always do small things first to change what you are already doing. So if you're already eating breakfast, lunch, dinner, just let go of that breakfast first, start with a higher protein diet and just have these small goals. And then you start to increase. So I definitely didn't do a five day fast from the start. Like it really did have to build. And I started with 24s and then 48s and then 72s and then so on and so forth. And then once I got my 120, it was, that was my goal. The other thing would just be lots and lots of water. I mean, honestly, in a day when I fast, I drink probably 120 ounces of water a day. So it's just constantly next to me. And then fasting can, I mean, there's debate about, I mean, coffee is acceptable. Um, there's debate about whether or not you can allow a little bit of heavy whipping cream that won't affect your insulin levels with that. So I do allow myself heavy whipping cream. And again, I'm probably a little bit more lax with my coffee now because I'm at maintenance, but if you're going to be strict, then you sh- coffee is a great way to kind of suppress your appetite as well. So I always had like coffee in the very beginning and then um, lots and lots of water throughout the day. And then some people do feel like they get more crampy or they start to have shakes and you can add your electrolytes a lot. There's some evidence that the electrolytes, magnesium, those can all be very helpful to not feel as shaky or bad, or, you know, some people can really feel a difference. Um, And then the last, just keep yourself busy, keep doing things. Yeah. Make it fit your life. It's interesting that you say that because our energized eating plan that we do in Dr. Emily's school of weight loss, our number one rule with everything is protein first, protein first. That's like the unifying thing. And we actually do that before we start fasting. We add Ah, fasting in later because I find that people get a lot less side effects from fasting. If they're already off sugar, off a lot of those highly addictive foods have already gone to eliminate snacks, are used to three meals a day. And that process helps too. So it's funny that you say that because it's true. Like if you do protein first, it changes the experience. If you give up some of those highly addictive things first, you won't get those massive fluid shifts with fasting that a lot of people get that makes them want to quit fasting, right? Because they get so many side effects from starting too strong, too fast. Correct. I love it. Well, thank you for joining me today, Jen. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate you sharing your fasting story and she has been incredibly successful with it. She's quite a wealth of knowledge. Jen and I have been friends for a long time and I have really watched her live this journey. And I'm always like, Jen, what, what are you on? But I know (laughs) fasting will always be there. (laughs) Yes, it will. Till I can't fast anymore. I will continue to fast for sure. 
If you're leaving this episode questioning, how is it that Dr. Chang has been so successful? How do people actually create weight loss success in the long term? I want you to join me for my free webinar this week. It's the three biggest pitfalls that keep you in a lifetime of dieting and never reaching your healthy weight goal. It's free, it's this week. Go to the link in my show notes to register and join me. You too can create weight loss success. Hit your healthy weight goals and live there. You just have to stop falling into the diet pitfalls that stop you along this journey. Join me. If you love today's episode, make sure to share it with a friend who needs to hear it too. Leave me a review and click subscribe to get the latest updates on all my new podcast episodes. Ready to reach your healthy weight goals and drop the endless diet cycle? Head on over to emilyvinzantmd.com and learn more about working with me in Dr. Emily's School of Weight Loss, my virtual weight loss coaching program. The link is in my show notes.